0: Hi there, I'm Tawny, and I'm the only tomboy in a family of girly girl models. Unlike my sisters who grew up in the city, I grew up in my grandma's farm, and she was just like me, a total tomboy who couldn't give two craps about any of the frilly girly stuff. While most girls my age played with Barbies and toy castles, I wrangled piglets and tended to chickens. I took tractor rides beside my grandpa and went fishing with my dad. I played football in the fields with the neighborhood farm boys. I always got muddy and dirty at the end of the day. But like grandma always said, a little mud never hurt a girl. It did hurt me, though, a few times, but only because my mom was a stickler for what she called young lady etiquette. She wanted me to always be prim proper, and immaculately clean. And after a day of chasing ducks and cuddling with bunnies, I was never any of those. Whenever my family would come visit the farm on the weekends, I always had some or other stain on my overalls. It always drove my mom insane. Heavens, why are you never wearing a dress, child? And your your overalls are muddy, and is that blood? I can't move around in the dresses you always send me, Mom. And it's just paint. Grandpa Bill and I spent all morning painting the barn. My mom made it out as if she was about to faint. Oh, dear, my daughter painting a building. What ever shall we do with you? And stop spitting on the ground. So uncouth. For each wrong thing she found about my appearance or clothing she would spank me and yell at me. There was never a weekend when I could look forward to doing fun things with my grandparents. Mom always fussed about me. And that's why I always loved Sunday evenings, because that's when mom and my bratty sisters who always complained about insects and the Wi-Fi were going back to the city. But that Sunday, everything changed. My mom demanded I stay with them from then on. And my dad didn't even do anything, even though I begged and pleaded and cried for him to help me convince mom otherwise. I never wanted to leave grandma and grandpa and all my friends at the neighbors' farms. The moment I moved to the city, I hated it. All the noise, the dirty air, and the rush of people irritated me. I had to go to the same school my sisters did, and even though they were popular and admired because they were models, everyone made fun of me. Whenever anyone asked if I was their sister, they'd deny it. And when somebody asked why I always get dropped off at school in the same car, they'd say it was because my mom was their maid. The Real problems started when I started making friends. Not with girls, but with the popular boys. I always had boys for friends, and guys like me, because I could hang out with them and talk about the same things with them. I even started dating one of the guys. His name was Dan. I started hanging out more with Dan's friends. Unfortunately for me, the guys I started hanging out with were guys that my sisters liked, and they thought I was competing with them for the boys' attention. That's when they went on a campaign to humiliate me. Hi, boys. Hi, Gary. Oh, so sorry, Look who we have here, girls. It's Tawny. So sorry, girl. We totally thought you looked like Gassy Gary from math class. Yeah, sorry. Our bad. And then, just like that, my sisters waved the boys goodbye and began giggling in a fit as they walked away. Dan didn't mind all the teasing and bullying at first. But then, it started to hurt his reputation at school, too. Suddenly, even his friends were making fun of him for dating me. Dan, if you're gay, you know you can tell us. (laughs) Not. I mean, it only makes sense, Dan. You're dating Tani. She's basically a boy. Even her name sounds like a boy's name. Do you secretly hope one of us can be your boyfriend, Dan? And they'd laugh and poke more fun at him. All of that put a strain in our relationship, so much so that I began to feel guilty. I thought maybe if I just changed, even a little, Dan wouldn't resent me so much. That was why I asked my sisters for help when prom came around. My sisters had an entire closet just for their high-heeled shoes. I had one too, for sneakers. It was no secret I needed help in the makeup and dresses department. So I turned for help to the people I thought would have my back, my family. What do you mean you don't own a dress? How do you even intend to go to prom? Mom, Tawny wants to go to prom in a pantsuit. My mom immediately materialized from the kitchen like a furious genie. What? Outrageous, Scott. Let her borrow one of your old dresses. I'm sure no one will notice. Does she even know how to wear one, Mom? I've worn skirts. But, like, do you even own a skirt? I didn't, and so I decided to let my guard down and let the professionals do the work. I closed my eyes and just dealt with whatever they wanted to put on me. And when I opened my eyes to look in the mirror, I screamed in horror. They made me wear pink. I hate pink. But my sisters congratulated themselves on the work they did. Oh, my God, you look amazing. Stunning. Gorgeous. Diva. Even our mom was, for once, pleased with what she saw. Look at our daughter, Henry. She's finally a lady. My dad looked at me for a second and just muttered and, Mm hmm, and went back to watching the game. I blushed from the compliments they gave, but it also left a bitter taste in my mouth, as if I looked less great looking the way I look normally. Honestly, I had no desire to participate in their whole makeover nonsense. I just wanted to sit on the couch with my dad and watch the game with them. When Dan came to pick me up, his eyes grew wide with shock he couldn't believe I dressed up for him. Considering that the last time he asked me to dress up, I showed up in jeans. I figured I'd probably did something right. Dan walked with pride beside me that night. Until, well, until I won prom queen, and my younger sisters, especially Skye, erupted in anger. She called me a cheater in front of everyone. She said I rigged the vote and that I had always been jealous of how pretty and feminine they were, and that I sabotaged Sky's win. That was when everyone finally found out I was their sister. But when Sky, Jordan, and Lisa began to pull my hair and ruin my dress, I couldn't just let them. I brawled with my three younger sisters, and guess who won? I emerged out of that fight like a hero. But everyone looked at me like the villain. Even Dan. He screamed at me, I hate you, you're, I thought you'd changed, you're always getting me into trouble and you're always causing a scene, why can't you just be a normal girl, why do you insist on being such a, such a gross tomboy, now everyone's calling me gay for dating a tomboy, like, what the hell, Tawny, I'm done, we're, we're done, I don't ever want to see you again school had to call our parents in. We disrupted a major event after all, and there were a few bruises here and there. Mom was beyond herself. She was hysterical. Why can't you just act more like the lady you're supposed to be, huh, Tawny? And then she turned to blaming my dad. You told me this was just a phase, that she's gonna grow out of it. And? Well, she should have grown out of it when she was 13 or 12. Why does she keep doing this to herself? Oh She'll never find a man. Jeez, Francis, chill. Just let her be. You are such an irresponsible father. I got suspended, and my sisters got off scot-free. I thank the heavens for that. I wouldn't have been able to show my face at school. Dan's whole breakup with me? was posted on social media and it went viral. When it was happening it felt like ten seconds. But the entire video was about five minutes long. Dan went on about all my faults, all the trouble I'd caused him, all the things that disgusted him about me, all the bad things people said behind my back. I was embarrassed. Even after my suspension was lifted, I refused to go to school. But then one night I remembered what my grandma always told me, ugly, hurtful words are just mud, and mud never hurt a girl. I recorded a video and uploaded it on YouTube. I made sure everyone knew the video was from me, the prom breakup tomboy. In that video, I talked about my struggle against my family's expectations, society's expectations, and my own expectations of myself. I talked about how I've always been the way I am, that I'm proud of how I am, because I never wanted to be a cookie cutter image of what my mom wanted me to be. I talked about my grandma and my grandpa and the values they instilled in me. I talked about how I will never be the kind of girl who wears frilly dresses and high heeled shoes, and that that should be okay. No girl should ever be made to feel like they're less of a girl just because they don't like girly things. And then, I ended the video with a message for my ex. Dan, I'm sorry I wasn't the kind of girl you wanted, and that's fine, because I love me, and there is a boy out there who will love me for who I am. And because the hype around that dumping video was still so high, my response video went viral as well. It got shared so many times, even more times than the viral dumping video. I was just happy I got to share my story as well, and that the positive message I sent out there got seen by other girls out there who may be going through the same thing. The funny thing is, nobody wanted to date Dan after all that. Everybody hated on him for saying horrible things about me, and my sisters, <laughs> well, After seeing our brawl at prom gain 10 million views, the agency they worked for dropped them. They said models who acted like that was bad for PR. And me? Well, thanks to my viral video, I became a YouTube sensation. I rode the wave and created more videos about my life. I moved back with my grandparents, and every week, I would post videos of our work at the farm or the trips Grandpa and I go on. I just hit. 300,000
1: followers last month. It's very easy to go from a model daughter to a traitor to your own family, especially if you're offered crazy money for it. Hi, my name is Lizzie and I became incredibly rich in the blink of an eye. My story began when I was six years old. I remember waking up in the middle of the night because of a noise. It came out of the room and I saw that the lights on the first floor were on. As I got closer to the stairs, I noticed Dad. He held the flashlight in one hand and opened the basement door with the other. Finally, the lock gave way. Dad went inside and closed the door. I wondered what he was doing there at night. I went down the stairs, and she had already gone to the door and was about to grab the handle to turn it. But at that very moment, the door creaked open, and Dad appeared in front of me. He asked irritably, Liz, What are you doing here? I wonder where you went. Oh, it's a big secret. Shh. Then he took me in his arms. Now it's time for bed. He carried me to my bedroom. I looked at the secret room and wondered what he was hiding there. Twelve years had passed since then and I'd forgotten all about the secret room in the basement. We lived like a normal family. We didn't eat caviar for breakfast, but we didn't eat leftovers either. I, like all high school students who are about to graduate, thought about going to university. That wasn't the case with my twin brother. Tommy had already failed all his exams and might not even dream of getting in. I woke up that day and immediately went down to the kitchen. There, my parents and my brother were already waiting for me and a birthday cake with 18 candles. Yes, it was my and Tommy's birthday. We blew out the candles together. Dad raised his glass and then turned to Tommy. You're 18 now, son. So today, I'm going to tell you our family secret. That's when I couldn't stand it and intervened. What about me? I want to know what you keep in that basement too. Dad's face changed. Unfortunately, no, baby. This secret is passed from father to son. My father told it to me, and his father told it to him, and my father's father told it to his father, and my father's father's father. I got it. I interrupted him. Everyone looked at me with surprise. My father took my hand and said sympathetically, it was the will of my ancestors. Then he and his brother left. The ancestors willed it? What's that supposed to mean anyway? My mother, seeing the anger and indignation on my face said, I was angry at first too, but then realized that family harmony was more important to me and I put it out of my mind. But I wanna know, so unfair. I grabbed my backpack and went out for a walk. On my way to the park, I saw a store that sold paint. That's when I had a genius idea! I knew that Daddy and Tommy were going down to the basement that night. So I hid behind the wall, late that night, waiting for them. Soon I heard their cautious footsteps. Dad came to the door and started typing in the password, poking the buttons. Yes, he had replaced the regular lock with a keypad a few years ago. The door beeped softly and opened. Tommy and dad disappeared into the basement. The door closed behind them. I went to the code lock. I took a small flashlight out of my pocket and it shined on the panel. It was no ordinary flashlight, but an ultraviolet one. It was the only way to see the colorless fluorescent paint with which I had pre-treated the buttons of the code lock. In the beam of the flashlight, I saw the numbers where my father had pressed no longer had pain on them. By simple calculation, I realized that the password was the date of the wedding with my mother. It was both cute and naive. I entered the password and voila, the door opened. I stepped inside, walking slowly down the stairs. Downstairs, the voices of my father and brother rang out. I hurried to hide behind the pile of bags. Dad turned on the presentation and started showing slide after slide the slide showed a picture of a knight with his body covering a king from an arrow. Dad said loudly, and so after saving King Richard from the arrow, the brave knight was awarded the nickname Brave. Tommy wondered, wait, but our last name is Brave. So he's exactly, that's our ancestor, Sir Charles Brave. Dad walked over to some ancient chest and opened the lid. Then with a deft movement, He drew from it a sword and raised it above his head like a He-Man. This beautiful sword was made of pure gold. It literally sparkled, illuminating the whole room. And now, according to his covenant, I give you this sword to keep. And then? Then you will give it to your son when he turns 18. Tommy carefully took the sword and gently stroked the blade. After admiring it, his brother put it in the chest. Dad and Tommy headed for the exit After waiting a few more minutes, I left the basement too. Now that I know the secret, I could sleep soundly. The next day, when I barely opened my eyes, I saw Tommy in my room. He said with a sneer, you know what I found out yesterday? That you're using your brain at 2%? Laugh it up, laugh it up, but you can't learn the family secret. It's for men only. I threw a pillow at him. Get out of my room! His mockery was just the beginning. He'd been telling me all day about this super secret that I didn't deserve to know. I was sick of it, so I decided to punish my brother. At night, I went down to the basement. I opened the drawer, wrapped the sword in a towel, and took it to my room. I thought I'd hide it for a few days and see how Tommy reacts. I looked at the sword. It was gorgeous. I wonder how much something like that could cost. I tried to find something similar on the internet, but to no avail. Before I knew it, I was asleep with a sword in my arms. In the morning, I pretended to be sick and stayed in my room. After waiting for everyone to leave, I wrapped the sword again and went to the nearest pawn shop. Behind the counter stood an elderly man, the owner of the pawn shop. What do you want? He asked. I unfolded the towel, showing him the relic. How much could it be worth? T-t- Like this? The man began to stammer. He pulled himself together and answered. It costs $15,000. I can buy it right now. It's strange, but on the internet, I saw the price of $30 million. I said that amount at random, but the man bit his lip. I'm willing to give you $20 million. I almost fainted when I heard that. I'd have enough to pay my way through college. My parents would buy me a bigger house and car. And I'll buy Tommy a soccer ball. He's been wanting one for a long time. I was dreaming so much. I didn't notice the pawn shop owner came back with a full bag of money and some papers. He pointed his finger at the contract and said, Sign here. Keep in mind that the deal is not retroactive. Eh? You can't get the sword back. I honestly didn't know what I was doing. The money turned my head. As if in a dream, I signed right across from the pawn owner's signature. And then I watched mesmerized as the machine counted my millions. 1,100,000, 1,200,000. I don't even remember how I got home with the money. It's as if I wasn't doing it at all, but someone was controlling me. I only woke up in front of the bathroom mirror. I stared at my reflection for a long time. Tears crawled down my cheeks. What had I done? Daddy and Tommy are gonna kill me. I have to get the sword back somehow. Then, my cell phone rang. Elizabeth Brave, it's the admissions office from the university. I'm... I'm... I'm listening. If you want to study with us, you need to make a down payment of $30,000 within three days. I answered in an uncertain voice. I will transfer the whole amount today. I hung up the phone and immediately dove under the bed where I hid the money. I took out my bag and started counting out the necessary amount. Suddenly, the door creaked open. I turned around and saw the frozen figure of my brother. Where'd you get so much money? He asked. I told you to knock. Tommy stood still for a few seconds. Then he cried out sharply. Oh, no! Tommy ran downstairs to the basement. I raked the money into my backpack without counting and ran out of the house. I ran until I saw the bank door. When I got inside, I ran up to the teller and emptied everything out of my backpack. I want to transfer the entire amount to the university account. I asked the teller to hurry up, but as luck would have it, I was caught by the slowest employee. As soon as the transaction was successfully completed, a car came to a halt under the window. My father burst into the bank. He jabbed his finger at me and shouted, Elizabeth Brave, get in the car immediately. I obeyed his order. I obediently got in the car. There was Tommy sitting there, his eyes blank. Tommy had failed my father, and I had failed the whole family. I thought my father would scold me on the way home. But the ride was completely silent, which made it all the more frightening. We stopped at the house. When I went inside, I saw my mother. There was a bag of money on the table in front of her. How could you? She whispered, bursting into tears. Dad and Tommy were asking me the same thing. They told me the story of the brave knight and how that sword had been guarded by generations of braves. I was scolded and I knew I was wrong. I roared at the impossibility of making it right. Suddenly, a loud knock on the door interrupted my father's monologue about the family heirloom. Dad went to the door and opened it. Standing on the doorstep was the very owner of the pawn shop. Behind him were two policemen. Suddenly, the man drew the sword he was hiding behind his back, pointed at me, and shouted, You cheat! She was the one who stole from me! Arrest her! My whole family went into a stupor, waiting for the situation to develop. I shouted back. I didn't cheat. It was an honest transaction. Fair. You sold me a fake. Look at the sword. Papa snatched the sword from the man's hands. The sword was no longer golden and gleaming. It was the dark copper color. The man said, This sword is fake, covered in gold. It can't be. My father gave it to me. Daddy exclaimed. I made inquiries. It was your father who sold it. Dad fell to his knees, dropping the sword from his hands. All my life I've kept a fake, he whispered. I want my money back or I'll put everybody in jail. One of the policemen came toward me. He was holding handcuffs in his hands, getting ready to fasten them on me. I shouted, Stop! He examined the goods and signed the contract, which is not retroactive. I handed the sheet to the policeman. He read the contract carefully then showed it to the man and asked, Sir, is this your signature at the bottom? Yes, but it doesn't change anything. I ask you to leave the property, sir. You're breaking the law. What? No, you don't understand. The man shouted. He wanted to grab the bag, but the police officers immediately detained him. They handcuffed him and escorted him out of our house. One of the police officers said to my daddy one last time, Sir, you have to register the income and pay the tax. Yes, yes, of course, said my distraught father. Dad sat down on the couch and stared at the money on the table. Clutching his head, he tried to rethink his whole life. There was a dead silence in the room. I think I got into university, I said smiling awkwardly. Everyone looked at me in surprise. That's the story. By the way, in a couple of days, Dad recovered from his shock and soon will move to a new house. I also convinced my father to go with my mother to the islands. He could use a break. Does your family have any secrets? Write in the comments if you've managed to find out any family secrets. Rate your likes and subscribe to the channel. Hi everyone, my name is Cassie. And I'm so perfect that all the boys lose their heads over me. However, at some point, all that changed. Well, I'm so perfect that I shine brighter than the sun. I mean, there's got to be a reason why all guys lose their head over me and probably their vision because I'm a real dazzler. Every one of them dreams of being my boyfriend and I'm hoping amongst all this mighty crowd to find the one who'll also dazzle me with his brilliance and ideally with some diamonds. Boys fight for my attention all the time. I'm used to it. Once, two boys even did a motorbike race for me. I sat bored in the bleachers of the stadium, painting my nails while they rode around. I have no idea what they were trying to accomplish. I left the stadium immediately after a local rich kid texted me. Oh, you have no idea how long I've been on the hunt for him. For the first time in my life, I had to chase someone, instead of turning around and laughing at the poor saps, who tried to chase me. But unfortunately, I got my hopes up for nothing when Mark asked me out. He just invited me to a party, and then he just treated me like a friend. But it's better than sitting in the stadium and waiting for two idiots to finish a useless race. Anyway, I was enjoying my life as Miss Perfect. At some point, however, I sensed something wasn't right. In fact, I noticed various prophetic signs as early as this morning. For instance, my hair dryer stopped working. I accidentally broke a nail with a nail file. How is that possible? Well, somehow, it is possible. I must have been cursed by some evil nail master spirit. Also, I was in such a hurry to get to school. I wore a shirt that totally didn't match the skirt. At first, I wasn't surprised that the boys weren't paying attention to me. After all, I wasn't in the best shape. And they must have noticed my broken nail. However, it turned out to be much worse. A new girl came to our school who wowed absolutely everyone with her beauty. Even Mark, who I'd been chasing. That's when I knew I was screwed. Not only was she more perfect than me, I wasn't even in the best shape that day. And the new Miss Perfect also noticed my broken nail, my flawed hairstyle, and my horrible shirt. Who is that? I asked my classmate. Her name is Rebecca, and she's joining our class. What? She's going to be our classmate? Oh no! As soon as the new girl walked into class, I was afraid that all the guys were going to choke on their drool. How pathetic and ridiculous they look. I just sighed heavily and sent out a group message that I was inviting everyone to the party on Saturday. After all, I've been in the school longer than Rebecca, and I've built up quite a reputation. Plus, my parties are legendary. But no one showed up on Saturday. I, of course, was outraged. So I tried to find out where everyone had gone. As it turned out, Rebecca was also having a party that day, and everyone went to her place. Because she had a pool, and a cool DJ was playing. This is outrageous! I yelled out. I was so angry, I smashed a carafe full of punch. I couldn't take it anymore, and I went to the party too. I wanted to know what I was being traded for. There was lots of delicious food and drinks, guys were swimming in the pool, and the DJ was rocking the crowd on the dance floor. Whatever. Nothing fancy, just a regular party. Mine would be cooler. When Rebecca approached me with a tray of snacks on it, I gave her an arrogant look and smacked her on the arm, and all the food went flying onto the ground. Who do you think you are? You come to our school and decide you're in charge? No, that's not going to work. I'm in charge. You're nobody and will stay that way if you continue to show off. The new girl started crying. I was pleased with myself for bringing Rebecca to tears. But I didn't expect all the boys to turn against me. The boys immediately started calming her down. Why did you come here? You've only spoiled everyone's mood. Get lost! Their bluntness made me gasp for air. Rebecca was embraced by my admirers, and I was supposed to leave? What? Am I in a parallel universe? I had no other choice. I left the party in tears. The next day, I was in for a real shock. Mark gifted Rebecca a red Porsche. He was moved by the girl's tears that he decided to cheer her up happy rebecca hugged the boy and kissed him on the cheek while i burned with jealousy and anger porsche seriously just over some tears if i had known it was that easy i'd be throwing tantrums for mark every week i wanted to throw rotten eggs at that car but that would probably ruin my reputation even more instead i decided to be friends with rebecca and then after i discovered all her secrets destroy her but as soon as i approached the new girl she was immediately surrounded by her high school football players who used to carry me in their arms stay away from her one of them said i just wanted to talk you already talked once and made rebecca cry we won't let her get hurt you go near her again and we won't let you get away with it got it threatened the other one holy crap Are they all crazy maybe rebecca had some kind of magic and put a spell on all the guys i thought nobody would ever look at me now but i still had admirers outside of school so i decided to start dating one of those motorbike guys who did a race in my honor back then his name was zach he won by the way we drove up to the supermarket on this awesome motorbike and we looked great right up until the moment when rebecca and mark pulled up in their limo they made us look lame and ridiculous. At the store, Mark was buying Rebecca everything she pointed her finger at, and I had to choke down a cheap candy bar because my boyfriend spent most of his money on gas. Hey, I caught Mark by the arm and took him aside. Do you know she's taking advantage of you? Rebecca's a nice girl, and she's not capable of that. You, on the other hand, really like my money, and you were the one who wanted to take advantage of me, so back off. He pushed me away and walked over to Rebecca holding a brand new purse. No, that's not how it works. If this little upstart thought she could outshine me, she's dead wrong, because I wasn't about to give up without a fight. First, I decided to find out more about who Rebecca was. Luckily, my boyfriend's dad was a cop, so I was able to get some information about her. Turns out, Rebecca and I went to the same primary schools. I immediately remembered an invisible girl, who I used to make fun of a lot, No one ever noticed her because all the attention was on me. Was she now determined to get back at me? I also found out that one time, Rebecca got into a serious fight with some girl and her parents got a fine. Hmm, why don't I just get her involved in a fight? Then her reputation would definitely be ruined. Well, why would you do that, Cassie? Zach asked while waxing his bike. I want my reputation back. I want everyone to lose their head over me again. But you already have me, why do you need others? The guy hugged me, and I wanted to scream at his stupidity. What do you mean why? Zach was not the best option. I wanted guys like Mark, not poor guys on motorbikes. You wouldn't understand. It's, you know, a girl thing. I giggled stupidly. The next day, I did my best to provoke Rebecca, but she remained calm. And I was about to say goodbye to my reputation at school forever, when I overheard a very interesting conversation. Rebecca was talking to my classmate and telling her how annoying Mark was, and that she only puts up with him because of the money. She also added that she's sick of all her followers, and that she wanted to steal my boyfriend. Wow, that was unexpected. It's a good thing I filmed the whole thing. I told Zach about it, but he wasn't supportive. Well, why don't you post that video for all to see? It'll only help her, and now she's suffering. But then everyone will be disappointed in her, and I'll go back to being Miss Perfect. To me, you're already perfect, and I would never look at someone like Rebecca. I don't know why, but his words really impressed me. No one had ever said anything to me like that before, and Zach was able to surprise me and make me feel good without money or gifts. But despite that, I didn't want to back down from my plan. Putting the video online was too easy. What about playing it during our traditional end of school year ball? The effect would be amazing, for me of course. When I got to the prom, I wasn't surprised to see all the guys hanging around Rebecca. Hardly anyone paid any attention to me. And I was about to get the memory stick to the prom host when I noticed something. Rebecca was reluctantly dancing with every guy and kept looking at me. I noticed the look of dissatisfaction on her face. Well, of course, but I couldn't care less about her, and the new girl just wanted to make me suffer. I looked at the memory stick, smiled, and put it away in my clutch. Zach was right, there's no need to ruin anything, because Rebecca, sooner or later, will ruin everything herself when she gets tired of the circus. I left the ball with a happy look on my face and went to my boyfriend's. So shall we go for a ride on the bike? I asked. Whatever you want, he answered. For the first time, I enjoyed our time together. We went to a secluded place, watched the sunset, and cuddled. At that moment, I didn't care about Mark or my reputation at school, and I certainly didn't care about Rebecca. But on the very last day of school, something interesting happened. As I walked down the corridor, I was suddenly attacked from behind. It was Rebecca. She started a fight right in front of everyone. You always piss me off. You drive me crazy now. I've done everything I can to ruin your reputation and you don't even respond to it, she yelled. Everyone was shocked and I pulled out one of her tricks and started crying. All the guys immediately ran up to me to console me. Even Mark came to my defense. That was the moment Rebecca destroyed herself and ran away from school in shame. You were right about her, Mark said. I'm sorry I didn't believe you at first. Do you wanna go out sometime? He smiled and took my hand. Get lost, I said calmly. I'm not interested in people like you anymore. Everyone was shocked when I blew off this rich kid. I was relieved. I got my reputation back. Mark asked me out on a date and I had the nerve to reject him in front of everyone. And then there was my boyfriend, Zach, waiting for me outside of school, who wouldn't trade me for any Rebecca. Being perfect is great, And being surrounded by admirers is fine too, but it's more important to be surrounded by people who see more than just your perfect looks. They see your soul. Zach made me realize that, and now I'm happy. Do you consider yourself a perfect person? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested in reading them. And be sure to share this video with your friends. I was gone for five minutes. But five minutes was
2: always enough for them. When I went back to the table where my boyfriend Mike and I were having coffee, I saw some girl who I didn't know sitting in my chair. She didn't seem bothered by the fact that my purse was hanging on the back of my chair at all. What about Mike? He didn't seem to have any idea what was going on and was smiling like nothing had happened. It pissed me off. I wasn't ready to put up with another stranger this time. So I decided to act in the spirit of a typical bouncer. I walked up to her, grabbed her by the hair, and dragged her aside. Ouch! The girl screamed. What are you doing? Help! I was attacked by a psycho! You'll know how it is to hit on my boyfriend. A shocked Mike froze and decided not to interfere. Finally, I let go of the girl's hair. And she ran away so fast, she should be in the Olympics. Everyone in the cafe looked at me with horror. She was messing with my boyfriend. As if apologizing, I said and returned to the table. Hi, my name is Katie. I'm a little jealous, but I can't help it. My boyfriend is incredibly handsome and graces the covers of many fashion magazines. Mike was 17 and he was already working at a very famous modeling agency. He participated in fashion shows, starred in commercials. (laughs) I do not know what he saw in me, but it was love at first sight. I had just moved to a new school, and I was already head over heels in love with the handsomest guy in the world. That's usually how an unrequited love story starts. But I got lucky. Mike came up to me one day and said, Would you like to go to the movies? I was taken aback, but still squeezed out of myself. Uh, Sure. And so we started dating. Yeah, some would say I found my happiness. And I kind of agree with that. But it wasn't that easy. Mike was never alone. He had girls around him all the time. At school, in class, at the modeling agency, cafes, movies, the playground. It was as natural for Mike as breathing. I was suffocating with jealousy. But that was just the beginning. In and out of school, I was always near him. I was more or less calm about Mike. But when he went to Paris for a week, I started going crazy. And with eyes red with fatigue, I was 24 hours a day monitoring his social media. And God forbid there was a girl in the picture. And then Mike was back and I was happy again. As for the cafe scene... Yeah, I lost my temper a little bit there, but it's understandable too. Once we were supposed to do a biology project. When they started announcing couples, I had my fingers crossed. I wish it was Mike. I wish it was Mike. Miss Morris, meanwhile, announced, Katie and Rob. Oh, shit, I blurted out, but quietly. Miss Morris continued, Mike and Tiffany. It was comparable to a knockout. Tiffany is the captain of the cheerleading squad and just a walking stereotype of the school beauty. After class, I went up to Miss Morris and tried to protest her decision, but all I got in response was, your opinion doesn't matter here. Rob, who had been standing beside me the whole time said, are we going to work on ours?" I let out a sigh of despair and nodded affirmatively. Rob was over the moon, and I noticed that he liked me for a long time. When I found Mike at recess, I asked him, ''Where will you be working on the project?'' ''Tiffany invited me to her house.'' ''Cool, I think they have a hot tub.'' I tried not to show, but it was hard. Not only was Tiffany beautiful, but she lived in a huge mansion where she was allowed to do whatever she wanted. Her parents worshipped her like a deity. She could do nothing but dance, though. I tried to start from afar. Look, is Tiffany even good, do you think? Kind of. Mike answered briefly. And she can dance. I think so. I couldn't help but blurt it out. Do you think you could fall in love with someone like Tiffany? What? What's your point? Just answer it. I don't think I want anyone but you. I smiled, but it didn't make me feel any better. Tiffany had her eye on Mike for a long time. I knew that for a fact. She'd told her friends in the locker room once. If I was dating Mike, we'd be the prettiest couple in school. Well, that's not going to happen, I whispered. What? Mike asked back. I said I love you. I love you too. It was project day. We had to do an experiment on a live mouse and find out how the reward system worked. This required building a small cage and a cheese dispenser, like in the textbook. Generally, I loved biology, so I was sure that Rob and I would have no problem, especially since he was a straight-A student. I invited the guy over to my house. Rob showed up an hour early and brought a bag of chips and a Coke. We started working on the project, but something inside me was rebelling. I couldn't concentrate and reread the textbook page by page just to understand it. I couldn't stop thinking about Mike. Knowing that he was in Tiffany's house at the same time was excruciating. Rob, meanwhile, had finished the cheese dispenser and asked how things were. Great, I lied. But, you know, let's put it on hold for a while. But we have to turn it in soon. We'll make it. I wanted so badly to go to Tiffany's and take a peek at what was going on to put my mind at rest, but I didn't want to go alone either, so I lied to Rob again. Look, there's just one thing we're missing here. We need to go somewhere and get it. Why don't I run home? Rob suggested. Don't be silly, I said, and we went to Tiffany's. I didn't know what to do yet, but I was determined. Mike is a great guy, but he doesn't know how to say no. He's too cooperative, and who knows what can happen when he's around a girl like Tiffany. I knew where she lived beforehand. I guess I felt like I couldn't take it. So there we were. The house was really big, like the kind of mansions where old reclusive aristocrats live. Or vampires who lure young girls there. At that moment, Tiffany herself was the kind of vampire I needed to get rid of. Here we are, I told Rob. Wow, is this Dracula's residence? <laughs> that's funny. Rob was embarrassed. All we have to do is sneak in through that window on the second floor. What? I thought we were here for a detail. Yeah, that's where Tiffany lives. And while I'm looking for the part, you're going to ring the bell and pretend you're an encyclopedia salesman. But she knows me. We're in the same class. Trust me, she has no idea who you are. Okay, fine. But I don't like it. I patted Rob on the shoulder and climbed up to the second floor, gripping the gutter tightly with my hands. It was pretty high, and I didn't want to fall down and die right here in front of Tiffany's house. As I climbed onto the balcony, I looked down and waved to Rob. He waved back. I waved for him to go to the door and ring the bell. The guy left. I opened the door and went inside. Everything in Tiffany's house looked pompous and expensive. Marble floors and stairs, huge chandeliers, paintings on the walls. Yes, a vampire lives here for sure, I whispered to myself. I walked down the long hallway. I didn't know exactly where the terrible Tiffany's lair was located, where she lures naive, handsome guys like Mike. At that moment, Rob rang the doorbell. I barely had time to hide behind the curtains. First, I saw Tiffany come out of the room. And then I saw Mike. He came downstairs, too. While they were gone, I slipped into the room. There was a mouse cage on the bed and a textbook next to it. Well, that doesn't mean anything yet, I decided. We need more information. I couldn't think of anything better to do than hide in the closet. A few minutes later, Mike and Tiffany returned. Rob is a weird kid, Mike said. I've never seen him before, Tiffany said. He's in my class. I still haven't figured out why he came here. Okay, let's keep going. Let's. Oh, where were we? Something that makes you feel good. Ah, that's it. I couldn't take this betrayal anymore and jumped out of the closet. I knew it. Tiffany shrieked in horror and rushed over to Mike. You're in love with Tiffany. What are you doing here? There was no face on either of them, watching you cheat on me. But we were just working on a project. I heard everything. Where did you settle on? What makes it fun? I mocked Mike ineptly. That's part of the experiment. You have to give the mouse food to program its actions. Without pleasure, it won't budge. There was an uncomfortable pause. We can't go on like this. Mike said irritably. What are you talking about? Your paranoia. But... No, Katie, it's over mike not wanting to hear my excuses left the room i guess you can find your own way out tiffany told me sarcastically and ran after mike i came home depressed i couldn't believe mike had left me all because of tiffany who am i kidding my inner voice said this was all my fault why did i have to go to her house i knew mike would never lie to me but it was too late I woke up with the distinct feeling that I had to get Mike back. But how? Thinking about how to get my boyfriend back, I had completely forgotten about my project with Rob. Thankfully, my classmate had done it alone. I found Mike and Tiffany at school, standing at their desks, talking. I went over to the girl. Look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to barge into your house and act stupid. What else do you call someone who doesn't trust her loving boyfriend? Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, Tiffany replied. I went back to Rob in the mouse cage. Both of our projects got top marks. I didn't have much to do with it, though. But I promised Rob I'd go to the movies with him to see his favorite sci-fi movies sometime. Cool. The guy was happy. After class, Mike came up to me and said, as if nothing had happened, What a hassle with these mice. Try to get them to run a maze for a piece of cheese. You did it. So did you. He took my hand and walked me home. Of course, my jealousy didn't magically disappear, but at least now I wasn't sneaking into other people's houses and punching the next girl who fell in love with Mike. Beauty requires sacrifice. What would you do if all the girls at school were in love with your boyfriend and tried to take him away from you? Write your answers in the comments. Like the video and share it with your friends.